Welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody, and my guest today is Chris Thomas. Chris is an independent dance artist. Chris, welcome to Dance Talks. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. So tell us how you got started. In dance? Yeah. Um, so I got started in dance. Uh, my mom introduced me to dance. She seen that I got excited at a young age when the Soul Train would go across the screen. Uh, for those who don't know who or what Soul Train is, get on YouTube, you'll find it. But it was a while back, and uh, a few years later, she put me on a dance team. Uh, I had to be 10 years old, but she put me on at seven. And the director said, if I can keep up with the older kids, then I can be a part of the team. And long story short, I was on the team for a while. Uh, stopped in middle school and high school because dance at that time wasn't cool. Uh, I started playing sports, which I was not good at. Um, just, I mean, just being a young boy, and, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess just exploring other things, but I was super social in school. I would go to parties, I would always dance. I, I was a social dancer. Uh, pretty much any social dancer of the fads of that generation, like I was doing it. Went to uh, college for two years because everyone else was going, didn't really know what to do after that. Um, realized that was not what I wanted to do in my life. And so I made a huge decision to stop going to college and to pursue dance. So I literally just kind of started from scratch. If you know anything about dance, uh, 2021 is kind of an interesting time to start like pursuing a professional dance career. Uh, just because you have like professional dancers at like 14, 16, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I started late, but that didn't stop my, uh, my drive and my hunger and my work, my work ethic. So um, I just pushed, pushed, pushed. One opportunity led to the next. I kept training, I kept falling, I kept getting myself up. And um, I got introduced to um, another, I got introduced to another group of individuals. They were doing uh, more freestyle dance. They were actually traveling, not knowing that was the route that I wanted to take with my dance career. So I started traveling with my dance. And I remember coming home and waking up one day and I was like, I'm tired of coming home. Like, no, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I want to dance and travel. Um, so I prayed about it, um, planned, and a year later, I moved to Bangkok. And this is, of course, mid-20s. Uh, moved to Bangkok, taught dance at the same academy for a year. I didn't know anyone in Bangkok, Thailand. I literally just moved there, learned the language. I taught my class in Thai. Um, came back, got married, started a dance theater company, which was Sunkiss Dance Theater. Uh, ran my company for seven years. Uh, I took a break just because I realized I can be a director at any age. But as far as being a professional dancer, there was a ceiling to that. So I decided to put that company on hold for now, just because I still had the ability to dance and uh, pursue individual goals and dreams. So that's the journey that I'm on now. So uh, individual artists, I choreograph, of course I teach. Um, I can uh, direct entertainment. Through dance, I've also uh, gained the skill of DJing and MCing. So now I'm considered more of an entertainer. I took the entertainer umbrella versus just being like one-sided, just being a dancer. Um, I get booked for entertainment coordinators, uh, different things like that. Um, I do a lot of different things in the dance world. Of course, I organize and produce my own events, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's how I got started and that's where I'm at now. Kind of just took that question and ran with it. Great, thank you. Uh -huh. Okay, so in terms of like people who book you now for entertainment, how do they find you? So I'm connected with a few different organizations or um, companies that um, contract me out to whoever's searching for the skill that I possess. And also market myself. I do a, I think I do, a, I can do a better job, I think I do a good job of using social media and also building great relationships and keeping those good relationships 
to keep the clients coming year after year after year. So of course, one thing always leads to the next. Um, but I'm also willing and 100% uh, interested in always growing. So I assess the situation and then I, I try to cater and try to cater, to, of course, to the client and see what I can do better to make my services even better to keep booked. And it's been working um, because, like Andrew said, I'm an uh, independent artist. I'm 100% artist. Like everything I do comes from my art. It comes from my talent. Um, my, my life is 100% funded through my art. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So how do you think you are making the clients happy? Is there a feedback process, or are you just reading the room? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, for the world that I'm in, especially when it comes to DJing and emceeing, private gigs, um, um, corporate gigs, and uh, weddings, etc., different things like that, birthday parties, um, you have to be really good at people pleasing. Just because it's not about your talent, they're not there to see you. You're there to please them. So it's a difference in the uh, in the room, and uh, just reading the crowd. Also listening to the uh, the party coordinator or the people who are whoever storm the party, whatever, just listening to they listening to their wants and needs for the party, and not trying to like mix it with your own interpretation. Because once again, they're not there to see you; you're there to please them and get good feedback from the audience and or the, the party goers. As long as the dance floor is packed, like everyone's having a good time. Once the dance floor is, is empties out, you're doing something wrong. Um, but of course, there's templates and ways to make that reverse and make that happen again. So, and of course, feedback is always great. Um, I have all my clients send me like a, um, a, a paragraph right up of their experience of the party or whatnot. I get pictures and I get videos clearly showing that people are having a good time. So that's, that's a way that I keep my clients happy. People pleasing. Yeah, you seem to travel a lot for this work. Mm -hmm. So uh, where has it taken you? Oh man, I've been to 20, I want to say 24 countries, 24, 24 countries, um, and I've lived in, of course, we spoke when I lived in Thailand for a year, so I've been all over the world, some of these countries I've been to two or three times, four times almost, uh -huh. um, I've probably been to more, I have been to more countries, I think states, um, but I'm, I'm starting to make my way, well before COVID-19 came through and stopped the world, I was making my way around the states. I started doing more domestic traveling and domestic entertainment uh, versus international. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, man, if it's if it's if it's anything dealing with travel, I absolutely love. I love traveling. I, like that's that's a love for me, uh, especially when I can mix it with my talent. That's all. That, oh, that's a double punch. That's favorite great. places. Favorite places. Woo! In the states or international? Both. Okay, so let's break it down. All right, cool, so let's go internationally. Um, of course, Thailand will always have like a place in my heart just because I lived there. I spent the most time in Bangkok, of course. Um, but a strong second would be Lebanon, Beirut, Lebanon. And a lot of people like, are probably looking at like, what, why, how, this is the Middle East, etc. But to be honest, I've had some of the best times of my life in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, yes, the best times of my life in the Middle East. Awesome. Um, Beirut, Lebanon, Really, because it's, it's a very interesting place, very interesting place. Uh, of course, you're, there's a mixture of traditional and modern. Um, the American dollar is in rotation there. You can pay for anything in the American dollar and they'll give you the lira back. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, United States has a university there. Uh -huh. um, I think it's AUB. You know. Yeah. Uh, and on the street of the, uh, of the university, that's the first time we've seen parties, Carl's Jr. 
all those companies because like it's on that like American strip. Oh yeah, cool. But um, but just in general, like the, the Mediterranean Ocean is beautiful. The food's beautiful. People are beautiful. Um, they party like none other because their mentality from their previous generations was we might not live to see tomorrow, so we're gonna live it up today. And they literally that mentality has been passed on through generations. So dinners are like over the top. Uh, their parties are over the top, clubs are over the top, celebrations, and everything's just over the top. And uh, Beirut, Lebanon is the place where all of the Middle East goes to vacation during the summer. So you get an influx of like more people and more cultures, and it's a very interesting place. Of course, every place has the negatives and the positives, but uh, I experienced so much, so many great things in Lebanon. I think I've been like three or four times, to be honest with you. Cool. Um, so that's, that's a strong two. Um, <laughs> Bringing it back to the States, my favorite place to be honest with you is Vegas. Vegas is number one. Yeah, cool. Vegas is like, I love Vegas. I can live I can live in Vegas. Yeah. I really could. And it's just beyond the strip. There's so much to do in Vegas. Like, you can really go hiking. Um, and parts of, I guess in the spring, you can hang out. You go to a pool party at the beach and then go to the mountains and go skiing. People don't understand. Like, people don't know that. Only locals know stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, it's a few, well, I guess, uh, I'm not sure what mountain. Mountain, uh, mountain range is there, but you can go rafting. You can like so many outdoors things you can do, not just the Vegas Strip. But on top of that, it's bringing back to the Vegas Strip. Uh, the party is once again over the top. It's over the top entertainment. So when you mix entertainment and the party aspect, man, like it's just it's beautiful. Um, I love the energy. It's, it's, I just love energy. I just love energy. Of course, it's a party city. I love parties. I love the interaction with people. So yeah. Um, Vegas, definitely DC. I love DC just because of uh, the, their nightclub culture, the party culture. Something totally different. Go go music is amazing. Um, what else about uh, New York? Of course, New York is tops my list. So, where do you want to go that you haven't been yet? I've never been to Miami. Crazy, <laughs> crazy out of all the places in the world. Like I've been to crazy places, like literally Miami. Like yeah. I've never been to Miami. Also, want to go to man. I want to go to. Uh, I want to go to Montana. I want to go to Nebraska. I want to go like explore like the um, the northern states. Okay. Um, just I mean just to see like the outdoors. Like based on like since COVID nineteen has happened, mm -hmm. like I'm super open and interested to outdoor living and outdoor activities and sports. So going to those, of course, going to those states where like literally there's nothing but land, cattle, right. ranges, mountain ranges, yeah. outdoor stuff. I would definitely love to go see that stuff. Cool. Have you been to every continent? Um, no. Okay. No, I haven't been to Australia. Uh -huh. um, I haven't, man, I haven't gone on the continent in years, probably since high school. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't been to every continent. Antarctica. No, of course okay. not. All right. I see them now uh, flying internationally. Like, you get close. Yeah. You don't. Right. You come cool. right back down. Cool. Been to Africa. Yeah. Um, been to Nigeria. Been to Egypt. So yeah, not all continents. Awesome. Yeah. Europe, so, South America, North America. Yeah. For people who want to see you, and uh, how can they find you online? Right now, you can find me online. Um, the best, most relevant place would be Instagram. That's Instagram. Uh, my handle is Y U N G C H R I S number eight number four. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. That's my that's my email. It's Y U N G C H R I S H K. Young Chris H K is where you can find me on Instagram and I post daily uh, freestyle videos, um, some fun memories, things that's happening right now. Uh, but I keep it professional, I keep it artist driven. Uh, that's pretty much like my lookbook 
okay, for cool. my work, for my artistry, the things that inspire me, and things that I'm doing right now. Thanks. Well, I'll put a link to that in the notes. Awesome. Thank you. How would you describe your personal style? Um, personal style. It's a mixture of a lot of different things. It's a melting pot of cultures. Um, I take uh, I take a lot of different inspirations from other styles of dance that I've learned, that I've studied, or even seen, um, and I blend it into what I do. A smooth transition, of course. Uh, but it's it's hard to explain. I don't know. I've never tried to put it. It's it's in the moment. I'll put it that way. It's in the moment. So what you see may not be the same thing you see the next time you see me because it's literally in the moment. Uh, the way I train, the way I practice, the way I kind of set my, my mindset and my talent is literally in the moment. Um, just because I consistently critique myself over and over and over and over again. I don't keep one thing, keep it the same way every time I do it. Because um, I feel like that sometimes can bring in failure. Having the right answer too long can bring the worst situation. So I consistently try to change and retweet. It's like a mechanic on a car. Like when the mechanics love cars. Like every time you see the car, like they have, they want to brag about something new they put on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I kind of compare myself in dance. Like every time you try to see me, um, I have something new that I've explored or added or created. Huh. Uh, because I practice daily, I literally practice. I race. I look at something like okay. I'm bored with that, or I can do something a little bit different than that. Now I have more experience and knowledge to retweak this, or what is the standard entry in this, or like what level should I be at, or what level am I coming? Like all those questions go into play when I'm practicing. So I take all of that, put into a jumbo pot, mix it all up, and you get what you get when you see me. And But I promise you it'll be quality, uh, yeah. because I am professional, I do care about the stuff that I do for that. But it just might not look the same every single time, because that gets boring Monday, and that's not hard. And you're thinking about it, like when you're driving. Yeah, sometimes I do think about it when I'm driving. Or I sit, I can't sit still. Like oh, I get inspired. Okay. Like even even sitting at home, I don't watch TV. I spend most of my time uh, in my creative space or my creative mind and thinking of like thinking of like thinking about new movements or old movements, but doing them in a new way or a different um, pattern or a different set, um, just to keep me on my toes. Because um, I'm like I'm always trying to get better better and better and better. There's a goal that I haven't reached yet. I don't think I've reached that goal because I don't, maybe it might just be like, I got good at this and then it's a challenge for myself, so yeah. In terms of creativity and training, where are you percentage-wise? Mm, that's a great question, Chris. Ooh, creativity and training. Because you sound like you're coming up with your own moves, yeah. pretty much. So is your training a big part of it, small part of it, a, so, in the past, in yeah. the future? So, um, and it, it, it fluctuates based on what's, what's coming up. So if something big is coming up, it's all training. It's no more creating. Like creating is, okay, cool, I create. I'm good with what I have. Now it's polish and repetitions, repetitions, repetitions. So it can come out the way I created it in the moment. Um, you don't want to get to certain like platforms still like loop-de-loop -loop in your head like ooh, what can I do here it's like <laughs> I need everything that comes out I need it to work uh -huh. right now so that's training mode when something comes up but there's nothing going on like now COVID-19 having everything shut down it's all creating okay. it's all creating not that much training because there's nothing really uh, to train towards so it's just all creating stay in the shape keeping the wheels going pretty much it's like once again, back to the cars. Uh, when you have like a nice older car that you want to keep it, you don't want to sell 
start it up once a week just to keep the juices flowing because the thing sits long, it gets stale, it gets old, you have to replace it. So um, I just keep the wheels going. I'm still creating, um, but also in the midst of creating, sometimes you do forget old material. That's not always a bad thing. Uh, just because you do evolve. And then that's why I love recording myself, watching old videos so I can go back. It's like, oh, I used to do that. Now let's bring that back. So uh -huh. it goes back and forth. But so the percentages change based on the situation. So right now it's high creativity. So it's probably like, what, 70% creativity right now, 30% training. Yeah. But um, if something comes up to where it's time to perform and, and show what you got, it'll probably go to 70% training, 30% creativity. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. I think in Houston, uh, where you live, where we live, uh, there's probably like, I mean, there's definitely 300 dancers in Houston, maybe more like 1,500, maybe 3,000, maybe 4 million. There's a lot of people here. And yeah. you've really stood out as someone specializing in house. Yes. So tell us what house is. All right, so <laughs> house, uh, house dance or house footwork um, it's, a, it's a more mature style, so you don't see a lot of younger kids doing it just because it's not as flamboyant. Um, it's one of those styles that you really have to know how to dance, and it really relies on the music to be flamboyant and to show off, but it takes, it takes a little bit more training than everything else because it's not like, hey, teach me this big trick um, so I can show how to look like I'm good. House is not that. Um, you really have to know what you're doing to follow up the person that is doing big tricks and different things like that. Um, so, house is a style of music first that came from Chicago. The reason it's called house music is because they played this music in warehouses. Um, so, of course, they took the house off, the, I'm sorry, took the wear off the name and just made it straight house music. Uh, it originated from Chicago, I'm sorry, I'll take that back, it originated from disco music. So, the thing with Chicago and music, it always speeds up, it always speeds up. Even now, like they've taken house music and made it something else that's even faster. Um, but I stopped the house. Um, for the younger generation, that was some fast footwork, Chicago footwork. Um, so they just started adding more beats per minute in the disco music, which became the, uh, the warehouse music, which they were playing in these warehouse parties. So kids would go to a record store and like, hey, like, where can I find this warehouse music or this house music? Then of course the music was, was, was pushed and branded as house music from Chicago. Um, and then it traveled to New York. Of course it traveled when? to New York. Did it start in Chicago? Um, that is a great question. I want to. I, I, I want to say late seventies, early eighties. Okay. I want to go. I want to say right there. Um, it could be earlier. It could be earlier, not later, but it could definitely be earlier. So, travel to, to New York. Well, travel everywhere. So, travel to New York um, because that's where the. I guess that's where the, the prominent hip hop dancers were at the time. It's New York. That's where it was founded. That's where it was created. Hip hop was created in New York. So. The music was played all over, but it was on, it was more so welcomed in uh, the gay clubs before it went anywhere else. It was more welcome in the gay clubs. So when hip hop became too aggressive, the clubs became too aggressive in New York, too violent. The dancers were still they're just there to dance. So the dancers stopped leaving, start going, stopped going to those uh, those hip hop clubs and started going to the house clubs um, just because it was about the music was free. Uh, they welcomed everyone, and it was this dance music. So, with the hip hop dancers going to the house clubs, now they started taking their language, their movement, and applying it to house music. Uh -huh. So, the music, I'm sorry, the dance changed a little bit, and it became its own foundation, and it became its own style, 
and it became its own dance, house dance. So you can find a lot of similarities in hip hop and house, and there's a thing called hip hops. Um, just based off the vocabulary, it's like saying hi in so many different languages. The word, the greeting forever stays the same, but it's different ways. Hi, hola, um, and okay, that comes, yeah, in so many different languages. It'd been super uh, impressive. I always say like hi in like five different languages. But uh, next time, yeah, next time. So that's where the uh, that's kind of the foundation of where the where, where the dance and the music came from. So the music came from Chicago. The dance came from New York. So now, um, oh, okay. from there, it traveled across like all over the world. So Americans are really good at creating the fads, yeah. like creating the styles and different things like that. Um, I say communities overseas are good at nurturing those things and keeping those things, uh -huh. preserving those things. So when when the wave of all of that happened, um, it slowly transferred to Europe, Southeast oh, yeah. Asia, different right. things like that. So like to this day, like you can see, well, of course it's big in the, in the States now, but like I'm saying to say like all over the world now, you can see top tier standard level house dance, hip hop dance, whatever, all over the world. But um, the origin from house, as we're sticking on house, came from Chicago, dance yeah. came from New York. And some of the innovators of those styles are still living. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I say about street dance. Street dance is one of the rare styles where the innovators are still living. You can go talk to um, a person that's, that created, that was there when, when they, they left the hip hop club and went to the house clubs. Still talk to these people. You can talk to these people that organized the first hip hop event or the first house event or the first house dance event. You can talk to these people. That's why I consistently tell my students, it's like, hey, it's not like ballet, jazz, traditional African, modern, where like these styles are so, so old to where to find originators, like, you're probably not gonna find them. But like hip hop and other street dance, like locking, popping, voguing, whacking, house, Chicago footwork. Like different things like that, like you can still find those people and like sit down and like tell me the story of how this happened, how that happened, and they can tell you like verbatim. So you you're hearing first yeah. generation information. Who told you? Um, I got it through Have a Coral. And then from Have a Coral, like I wanted more, and I went to New York. I took my journey to New York to learn from the people that's been that's been doing it for a while, and some of the people. That was there when it first started. So, like, getting then also every region has its own um, different styles and different history. So it's good to know the history of the region that you're in because that's what makes it um, that's what makes it unique. Because yeah. now you don't look like you're you're dancing like from New Yorkers. Like you you don't look like uh, LA dancers. You look like yourself Houston dancers. Because in street dance is all about style, personality, like. My dance looked like a person's dance from Midwest or Miami or California, New York. It should look like Chris. And my history in Houston should be a reflection of that. And the foundation and the information that I got from New York should be a reflection of all of that. So it's literally a melting pot of information. But a lot of people do skip, of course. They skip around and sometimes it looks incomplete or they don't have all the information because they haven't connected all of the dots. Mm -hmm. And it's always a journey. There's always some more stuff you can learn. It's always, it's always. It's, um, it's a never-ending journey. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz. And you get to Oz and it's like, <laughs> okay, this is it. <laughs> so um, that was a bad analogy. I guess, imagine going on, on the road to Wizard of Oz without going to see the Oz. It's just the yellow brick road, it's never ends. 
Because you can go as far as you want. Mm-hmm. Or you can just stop right here. I'm good with this right here. I'm good with that. Um, so, yeah, that's the style that, honestly, I feel like house chose me. I went through breaking and I went through popping. I'm not, a, I'm not patient enough to be a popper. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of small movements. I have, I'm too, too big and sporadic for that. Um, I've learned, I've, I've taken locking class. I learned the foundation in locking. Uh, but when I found house, like, the, I fell in love with the music first. Yeah. And then from the music, I just started moving, just like putting my own thing. And then I learned the foundation, and then I got the history. And then from there, like, I've been studying house, still studying house. Um, I go to New York, take classes, I compete, um, I practice, of course, I teach it. I still listen to it. My kids know exactly what house music is. They listen to it, they like it. What is house music? How, how do we know it's a house song? Um, the, that is a great question. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, all right, so. Everything is considered like in that genre, like EDM. When people say EDM, it's not a style of music. EDM is the umbrella of like it's dance music, electronic dance music. Um, so it's there's so many different styles of house because you have you have like you have soulful house, you have um, you have almost like tech house, you have garage house, you have like almost like it's you can go on and on about different genres of house. Um, but the house music that the culture really appreciates is some of the tech stuff, but a lot of the soulful house. Um, a lot of the, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. It's not so much of the electronic stuff, uh, but more so of the stuff that, that you can you can hear the, the natural instruments in. Uh, but then again, it kind of contradicts like some of the tech house. Uh, Afro house is really big. I love Afro house. Like that's more of an uh, African influence on the music. So you can go here and there and everywhere around it. Um, but not so much of like straight up techno. That's not house. It's just techno music. But you can mix the two and have like tech house. So it's an acquired ear to hear the difference. Uh-huh. Um, and it's also like how the music moves you. Everyone moves different. And everyone has a different way of moving to the music because you have shuffling, which is done to like straight up like techno music, which is not affiliated with house at all because <laughs> they're only doing like one thing. Uh-huh. Um, but house really incorporates a lot of influences as far as like the hip hop styles and the footwork, uh, the soul, the flow. Everything is about the flow. Then you're incorporating some of the ground movement. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people use. Um, a lot of people use capoeira uh, in, in their movements. Um, a lot of people use the smooth movement of uh, mixing the smooth movements of breaking into the movement. Um, so to each his own, to each his own. But when you hear like that, that uh, I guess that, that 125 beats per minute, mm-hmm. you do, that upbeat dance music that you hear often, a lot of it is house, but a lot of it isn't. Uh, doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just, that's just not house or mm-hmm. that's just techno. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm sure there's people that love techno, it's like, man, house is black. Mm-hmm. And there's people that like house music, like, man, techno is black. So it's to each his own. Do you hear house music in popular music? Yes. So uh, what's out right now that you feel like is a house song? Mm, that's out right now. Lately. Um, I can refer back to, like, okay, so one of my favorite songs is not really a house song. But you get the idea, um, is uh, Rihanna, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place with Calvin Harris. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really like, 
Oh, yeah. song. Um, I love that song. On the techno end. Yes, but it's kind of yeah. on, the, on, the, on the tech. It's really progressive. Okay. But I love that song. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you can, you can play a house song right after that and see, clearly see, you can hear the difference, clear difference. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still a it's, a, it's a, it's a song from like the dance music genre that hit top 40s, which is it's kind of rare. Um, another song is, um, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I would even have to look at my laptop. What do you think about Ritmo? Who? Ritmo? 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 Okay, it's like Black Eyed Peas, but... I've never, I, I got to hear a song. It's a collaboration, and I can't think of the lead artist's name. I got to hear a song. So, so it's a lot of dun, 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 dun. You're hearing it on the radio right now. Yeah. And then it's like, um... This is the rhythm of the night. It's that song. Okay, yeah, it's... It's like a drum and bass or something. Yeah, so that song is... That's a really popular, like, 90s... So like the older, like the generation before me, they're probably wore out on that song because like that was definitely a dance song that was played. That was a popular song that right. club started, DJ started using uh, to cater to that music and cater to that crowd. And it was like probably, that's what happens to popular music. Once it becomes popular and like almost the sound of that generation of that style, um, you don't want to hear it ever again once you do that generation <laughs> or, or that decade because like it was played so much. Right. Uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know the name, but I knew as soon as you did that, it's the rhythm of the night. I probably nine times out of ten times out of ten somewhere I've danced to that song. There's a remix that's out that um, I, it, sound, it sounds like a house version of that song, and the whole song's in Spanish. Yeah. Okay. I know. You're, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a reggaeton song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's reggaeton. Yeah. It's not really house. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yes, so it's a reggaeton song. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now. I don't know the name of it, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Right though. So yeah, I guess I was just wondering, like, you know, you, you were mentioning like the wave, and it's like, when was house like most popular, or is it? Is I would say, just, uh, is it still playing in everywhere? Like, you're when you travel, you just you hear yes. it oh, yeah. out and about. So it's still here in clubs. It's more celebrated. Uh, internationally, it's way more celebrated. Like you can, cause you can go to clubs internationally, and you guarantee there's going to be a mix of like just straight up dance music. Right. Um, but in the states, everything is so like so divided and subculture. Like certain clubs don't play that, certain clubs do play that. Gotcha. You're only yeah. going to hear that here, you're going to hear that there. But overseas, like you can definitely find a lot of it, like a lot easier. Even with the dance now, um, the, I feel like there's more house dancing probably overseas than it is in the states. Um, it's almost like club music. It's club, like it's exactly. standard. It's standard. It's, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's the standard. Also, um, I feel like in in oh, I could, I'm speaking on Europe now. In Europe, everything is so connected. Like you're one train away from like a whole other community. Versus in the states, we're so spread out, especially being in Texas. Like everything for us is a plan. About three or four hundred dollars just for the flight, not costing. I'm talking about hotel and all those things to connect to another culture. So we're really spread out, and uh, we only really come together for like big events. Versus over there, it's like, hey, I want to go to Paris today to go hang out with some Paris house dancers if I live in Spain. Okay, let me just buy a fifty dollar plane. I mean, train, um, a train ticket, and I, I'm in a whole other country, experiencing a whole other. Uh, influence on the dance and the music, so like I can get around a little bit easier versus in the states. So uh, I feel like that's probably why it's, it's so it's it's it was so shared there. 
uh, just because like they, everyone's connected through a train, one simple train. And here, we're connected, of course, through long car rides and long plane rides, which is probably, like, every, every trip is probably, it's gonna be like $1,000 minimum. Uh, but also with the inter internet age, everyone got instantly connected through that. So now like, there's no excuse, like, but it's still, um, it's still a cultural thing that's not really celebrated that much in the States because we create the fad, like we've moved on to new things. Like we'll create something that's real popular right now and then throw it in the trash or oh, oh, we'll push it to the side because something else is new is coming on. And then you have those subculture, um, I guess, uh, hoarders that like, bring it and keep it. It's like, no, 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 we're gonna still celebrate this and, and, and push the education through this and that and that. So that's the, I think that's the culture in the States is What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And that's not always the case overseas. Um, just because, like, I guess it's, it's a cultural thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's my interpretation of music, bands, travel. Yeah. Here and there, everywhere. So, what have you been doing during uh, the downtime? Um, during COVID nineteen, I have I started off as like now I want to make as many dance videos as possible. Yeah. And then um, I came to a halt because it's like, what am I doing this for? Am I doing like, I'm just doing this for like, like the likes of people. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I feel like sometimes like the value and the quality of what I do is bigger than like just, oh, scrolling and like, oh, let me double play and like keep it moving. So I kind of stopped and I, I, I shot like a short film that was supposed to be for social media, but we looked back at the quality, it was like, nah, this is not, this is bigger than social media. Um, so out of this, I had the time to create a short film, downtown, because it was empty. And on a normal day, outside of COVID-19, that's impossible. Um, I've still been planning, I'm creating ideas, and being creative in the ways of how to stay active in the midst of shutting down. Um, through Dance Houston, we started doing Sunday classes, so now, uh, and that's almost like the highlight of my week now, is going uh, to a different park every Sunday to teach a free class. Um, and we have a good 8, 12 students every time, consistent, so they're actually learning and getting the raw information. And we're outdoors in the park. Of course, we keep our social distance. No one's touching and like maneuvering bodies because, of course, they're older. There's no real kids out there. Um, between that and um, I've started bike riding again. Uh, I did. I was on my bike. I was really into the bike culture um, before I moved to Bangkok, um, just because it was new to me and it was introduced to me. But of course, when I left and I came back, I became busy on other things. But when everything shut down, I was like, I really miss this culture. Like this is a perfect time to do it. So I got back into biking, um, reconnected with some people that, that still bike, and now we do like rides like two or three times a week. Um, of course, I'm practicing still. Um, I started researching investment opportunities, investing, buying stocks and things like that. Um, I started buying stock. I'm up 300 bucks right now. Okay. Um, last week I was up like 500 bucks. We're oh. going to talk about that. But I'm still learning. But I'm still I'm still in the I'm still in the green. Great. I'm not in the red. Um, but it's still like the idea of, of investment is really keen right now to me. So I'm thinking, I mean, I'm investing, I'm reading a lot, um, thinking about real estate. Owning land, owning property, um, reading on that, looking for information from that. I started planning a um, 
outdoors trip for my birthday. So like now me and a few friends, a few of the homies are going to West Texas and just literally going to West Texas to go hiking, doing whatever we want to do in the deserts and going to some state parks. Um, and that all came through the shutdown of COVID-19 because what I had planned for my birthday, if everything of course was normal and, and, and going well, would be a party. But of course that's not happening right now. So I was like, okay, what's another option that I haven't explored with outdoor stuff? Um, during like, of course, the, uh, the racial outrage going on right now, I created an event called I Celebrate Black Dance Culture. Nothing political, no hidden agendas or nothing like that. Literally just to celebrate uh, black dance music and black dance culture. Um, that's happened, of course, during this time. So those are the things I've been doing. It's more organic work, more here at home work uh, versus um, being so focused about leaving and going out of town because my schedule was my schedule was planned. Probably, I was, I had a plan up until like September, like just traveling, uh, dance events, bookings, here and there, competitions, uh, exploring, go spend some time in Europe. Uh, I had some really big, exciting, fun things on the calendar this year. Yeah. Um, but it's all good. Just to know that it was there is still satisfying to me. Um, but also, I'm still finding other things to be excited about in what's going on. So yeah. Cool. So today's June 18th, 2020, and tomorrow's June 9th, Juneteenth, June, June 19th, 19th, yes, 2020. And uh, you've planned this event for this special day. Can you tell our listeners what Juneteenth is? So Juneteenth is the day that the slaves in the South found out they were free. It took two years. So slaves up north were already free for two years um, before the slaves in the South found out, and how they found out, I don't know, I don't have all the like the, the, um, the intricate details, but it came, the word came from Galveston first. The ship came into Galveston first. Um, the Emancipation Proclamation. And it was introduced to Galveston. That's so close to us. It's like, yeah. it's so close to us. It was Galveston right there. So that's the day that, um, that we found out in the South that slavery was abolished. Um, it's never been celebrated ever. Um, it's been acknowledged, but never like highlighted. Not in not government uh, agencies, not even in school. Like we, didn't, some of us didn't learn this in school. Like it's just been a thing that's been passed through culture. Uh, some people kept it going. Some people didn't. But I feel like now is a strong time to, and not just me, but a lot of people, everyone. Um, that that's that knows about Juneteenth are starting to highlight that date and highlight everything about that date and, and why it's so critical to our culture and to us knowing um, just American history um, why that date is so important. So I decided to do a I celebrate Black Dance culture um, not because of Juneteenth, um, just because the energy and the climate in America uh, right now is still highly tense um, because there's still there's, there's some changes happening. But it's not like all the way changed. Like there's still a lot of work, a lot of work to do, and um, the energy. I feel like, like we we still, regardless of whoever treats us like whatever, however, we're still valuable and we're still enough. Period. So why not highlight and celebrate us? If no one else will, like who better to do it? Um, so that's why I decided to do something like that, and also. I was always trying to figure out a way of like, okay, how can I 
do my part in the movement that fits my lifestyle and fits me. And I'm part of the dance community, uh, subculture of hip hop. Like oh, that's my community. So like, let me do something in my community. Let me make a change or uh, create a, use the platform that I have in my community. And that's why I created, I celebrate black dance culture. And pretty much black dance culture is, we can go back to funk, uh, hip hop, like all the subcultures, house, breaking, locking, whacking, voguing, uh, Chicago footwork. We can go on and on and on and on. Jazz. Um, all those, all those styles of dance, of course, African tradition, traditional African, uh, all those things were created like in the black community. And a lot of people don't understand and, and know that these things were created in the black community. And they were not created because someone created a product. It was just a natural organic movement that created something for the community that everyone picked up on. And a lot of cultures went in and I went, like some people stole, some people learned and then took it and ran with it without incorporating the people of the community or the culture. So just an awareness is, is the, the biggest thing. Um, and because like a lot of kids this generation don't know that hip hop, where hip hop came from or the in influences of hip hop. A lot of um, communities overseas don't know why certain movements or certain music does this and why you dress like that. Um, just because it wasn't shared to them or they just didn't want to learn that part of the history. Um, they decided to just learn the, just the dance because right, it's, it's, it's pop culture, hip hop. Right now, today, it's pop culture. It's a billion dollar industry. Um, but of course, everything in that culture is not highlighted. Um, it's just the product, but you don't know the roots behind that product. And sometimes you erase the face of that history to make it more marketable to make more money and present it. So that's the reason why I decided to do I Celebrate Black Dance Culture. And it's literally a two hour party in the park. Of course, during COVID-19, that's why I decided to have it outdoors. You can keep your social distance. The park is pretty big. Um, it's music and that's it. There's no programming. There's no um, there's no government officials or city officials coming to speak and none of that. There's no, like I said, hidden agendas. It's just straight up music, dance, and fun. That's it. Point blank and period. And um, this will be the first of its kind. Uh, I'm setting the stage like this is gonna be the first thing. I wanna do more things with this uh, just because I feel like it's a need. And also a lot of people are reaching out and expressing the appreciation of it. So now I see like, wow, this, could, this is a thing. So I'm gonna keep it going. Um, what does it look like in the future? I have no idea. I'm just focused on tomorrow. Um, and just so happened Juneteenth, I, I came up with the idea like, like maybe two weeks ago. I was like, like, what better day to have this celebration on Juneteenth? So Perfect. we're having it on Juneteenth. So yeah, awesome. that's, I guess that's the energy behind I celebrate black dance culture. And it's for everyone, anyone and everyone. It's anyone, it's a day of unity, celebration, remembrance. Um, it's just, just saying, hey, I celebrate it. I celebrate black dance culture. I recognize it. And yes, I'm a part of that culture. Yes, I'm a hip hop dancer. Yes, I'm a pop. Yes, I love funk music. Yes, I love jazz. Yes, I'm a fan of, of Coltrane, yes, I mean, this like it's just so many influences in the culture. Even techno music came from. Like, we didn't talk about techno music. Techno music is a black music. It came from Detroit. It, that came from Detroit, like really? Motor City. So like all these styles of music, and of course you look like it's, it's surprising to hear like where some of these things came from because of the face of it today right. is totally different. It's totally different. One because like things are a fad, and two. Um, 
course, when sometimes people erase, yeah, erase the history to present the the picture they want you to see, so you can buy into it, and then now they make the money and blah blah blah, etc. Go on for days. I'm not going for that argument, um, but yeah, that's why I decided to have it, um, and I feel like it's good. It's fun. I make shirts and everything. Cool. I celebrate black man's culture. Awesome. And you know we're not going back. Like we're gonna just keep moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that you're doing something new. Yeah. And uh, what else would you like to see changed? In the sense that um, we don't know where we're going, but yeah. if you had to, you know, leave some things behind COVID nineteen. Yeah. Or how you'd like to see our city change? Hmm. Um, man, I, the city is beautiful. Um, what? could change I don't and this is me knowing having the information that I have right now this is not I'm, I'm um I haven't like dug deep into the research of anything um but I feel like the city is changing in a great way right now just because of like it's really starting to highlight the arts like in the past I would say in the past five years like the arts have been and this is not just dance this is across all mediums the arts have really been uh, implemented in the city. Um, sometimes the placement is weird because <laughs> we're structured first, I believe. And it's like, oh, okay, we need some art here. And it's like, why is that on the side of the road? Like, why is that right there? Like, you can't appreciate it because it's on I 10 or somewhere. You're going <laughs> 60, 70 miles per hour. And you're like, oh, that's art. Mm -hmm. um, that could change. Like, you start thinking about art first and then the infrastructure versus the infrastructure and then the art. So you think about, like, hey, Maybe we need to put this somewhere so people can appreciate it. Um, but what I what I do wish that we could have in, in the city um, is more more examples of live art. Uh, but that's the whole culture around the city. Uh, like you go to a different places where like, there's a lot of walking traffic, um, you see like street performers. I'd love to have like see street performers in Houston. Like that'd be super cool. But it goes back down to like the infrastructure. Like where's where is there? Uh, big amount of people that would appreciate this mm -hmm. and like kind of nowhere to be honest with you um so we we have it's i don't i don't have a direct answer to that question of course i would love to see uh racism abolished or going away but i understand like some of the, some of that stuff is a generational thing like um it's just passed on it's just passed on passed on so it, it would just take a generation to say you know what this is wrong uh, type situation uh, for people to acknowledge uh, the the I guess people to or the culture to acknowledge the um, the um, the part that we play in in American history or even in world history. Um, I mean, I have to go on and on. Um, I mean, like different reactions to cultures or whatnot, uh, especially like how a lot of different other races how they portray black people or African-American people or just racism and dark skin. But then again, um, from my travels around the world, that's a, that's, a, that's a really view because even in Southeast Asia, like if your skin is darker, you consider, you're, you're, you're considered like low society, like high society is considered like you're, you have a pillar whiter face. And I don't know where that came from, like European col um, colonies or whatever. Um, that's like kind of like set the standard, like traveling around the world, separating people. If you think about it, like that's that's kind of crazy. Like you literally travel around the world, mm -hmm. separating people, and to implement your policies, your ideas, whatever. And there is no like 
Um, no feedback, is, oh, no, no apologies or nothing like that. So I don't know, I can go on and on for days, but I just wanted to start grassroots and then go from there and see what happens. Cool. So do you want to know why the different skin colors? Uh, yeah. The uh, melanin. Mm -hmm. We have more melanin in our skin. Yes. Right. It's a biological function of the skin organ mm -hmm. to regulate the amount of vitamin D mm -hmm. that we take in. And in sunny climates, there's so much vitamin D that if you have white skin, you would get vitamin D poisoning. But if you're up north and there's not as much sun, you need all the sun you can get yeah. or you are vitamin D deficient. Yeah. So as humans explored Africa and northern, mm -hmm. over time, the skin adapted Okay. Interesting. And lightened. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Nice. So, where are you from? Um, born and raised? Yeah, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, Houston, Texas. How has the city supported you as an artist? As an artist, the city has um, done this fair share of supporting me. Um, I've received grants from Houston Arts Alliance. I've received, I've received two grants from Houston Arts Alliance. Uh, in my, I would say, directorial premiere in Houston up until now. Um, I've received uh, small funding from like Dance Source Houston, different things like that. I've received funding and opportunities from Dance Houston. Um, I've received something that's just as valuable as funding, which would be information and opportunities from other directors in the city, from other styles of dance from the contemporary world. Uh, even as far as school districts, uh, dance studios have welcomed me in. Um, I've created my own products and shows, and the dance community have somehow, some way, supported me by either showing up or agreeing to be a part of my shows. Um, I've been in the theaters from the JCC up until the Worthing Theater. I've performed in uh, a lot of different, like just premiered uh, concerts and. I would say the support, I have no problem with Houston support. I know a lot of dancers, uh, artists, complain about Houston support, but like me personally, I have no problem with it because for one, my mentality is, it's not their job to support me. I feel like it's my job to, to, to do the part, to support myself and support my art. And uh, it's, if it's something that I'm lacking, it's just information that I need and I go find it and make it happen. Um, so I feel really beneficial to be in a city like Houston uh, that's that's still growing uh, in a grassroots uh, environment that's not just like overthriving or is really known for the art, but it's still art opportunities. Um, and I feel like I can be a big fish in a small pond here versus going to a bigger city where there's, a, of course, uh, there's a, uh, a bigger market for entertainment. You just be a big fish with other big fish in a huge vast of an ocean um, so I like it here I can I can also the cost of living is way cheaper in Houston than it is in other cities that thrive in entertainment so I can go to those cities and make their industries level money and then bring it back to Houston and the dollar goes way further um, but that's just my opinion and this is my perspective on Houston like I really enjoy it I love when people say oh you're from Houston I love that um, just because, like, I do travel like that. Now, I didn't 
I did have I did have to leave Houston to get a lot of information, do a lot of different things. But I think Houston forever will be my hub, just because like this is home. This is where my family is. Uh, this is where I, I built the uh, I, I built the uh, the career here, and I always want that to be here. I want to leave a legacy in my hometown for other artists to come after me, or even just my kids to say, like, "Hey, this is what my dad did here," or whatever. So yeah, Houston is forever at home. Until something crazy happens in Houston that goes against what I'm doing, then it'd be a different conversation. But from then until now, like Houston has supported me. And I'm forever grateful for that. Where do you want to go? Um, man, where do I want to go? I want to go everywhere. I want to go everywhere. Um, well, in Houston. In Houston. I mean, you're here. You're saying you want to stay here. So yeah. What's next? What, what, yeah. What's the next step on your pathway? So... That is a great question because I don't have an exact answer for that. Uh, it changes every month. Uh, but one one short-term goal is I want my own creative space in Houston. Uh, somewhat could be possibly a venue, but literally just four walls and a floor. Uh, everything on wheels. Because uh, it can turn into anything I need it to be at the moment. It can turn into a creative space. It can be a performing space. It can be concert hall. It can be, well, small concert venue. It can be a party venue. It can be whatever it wants to. And I can also get away in this space. This space is home and it's comfortable for me to create, throw out ideas, bounce around the walls, um, have my own production, of course, there, own classes, own everything. everything. I can do whatever I want to in this space. Um, and I'm not obligated to do anything because I'm not, I'm not under any one program. So that's the short-term goal. Long-term goal, um, I don't know yet. Um, I I have a few I have a few ideas um, that I've kind of thrown out um, in my notebook, but nothing that's really just like nothing has 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 been set to where that's it. I haven't got to that aha moment yet. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now with where I'm going. It's just short-term things, like I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. But where I'm, the ultimate landing pad, I haven't got to it. And that's the fun part, because it changes every year, because as long as I explore the options, explore the, un- uh, the unknown, then I'm pretty sure it'll pop up soon. Mm-hmm. As of right now, I'm just goal to goal to goal to goal to goal. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be nice to have a whiteboard to dream about. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But yeah, that creative space for sure is mm-hmm. is uh, coming soon. What are the spaces that are here already that you like that you kind of wanna you know yeah. take bits and pieces and um, them together? None. Okay. Well, that I've seen. Yeah. That I've seen. None that I've seen. Um, of course. I'm sure what I, what I, of course, what I want and what I'm visualizing is there. There's nothing new in the sun. It's, it's there. Um, but these are, these are just bits and pieces of information that I've found over the years. Like, that would be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. So, um, but as of right now, I don't see, uh, I haven't been experienced, I haven't experienced or been open or have seen anything that fits the vision to where I was like, this is it. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's your plan on getting there? My plan on getting there, investing. Mm-hmm. Investing, investing, investing. Because with this space, 
um, I don't want to think about the work because that eliminates the creativity and the freedom. Um, but that also incorporates me um, pushing more in my talents. Um, I'm starting an entertainment uh, company just just for corporate entertainment, private events. I do a lot of things with other organizations, um, and I'm valuable to those. Like if I can, if they can sell me, I can sell myself, and I can get what they're getting off of me plus more. So that's my mentality right now. So now I'm positioning myself to do that. So with that coming, um, with, with that in full action, um, which of course this is investing in myself at the moment. That full action will, I believe, will create the office, quote unquote, creative space mm -hmm. for the business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the short term goal. Cool. Yeah, that's the plan. Gotcha. Let's see, I guess circling back to House, I uh, wanted to see if you had any recommendations for us to check out House Music. Yes. Um, check out Mr. V, check out uh, a more more commercial would be Disclosure. Um, check out a uh, independent uh, producer. He was a dancer first, but now he makes house music. Uh, check out Cody. Uh, name is Coflo. You can find all these people. You can find all these people on Instagram. You can go to YouTube. You can find them all on Instagram. Uh, Defective Records. You can check out um, Black Coffee. Um, Black Coffee is probably. I would say he he. If not, he's probably like the top five house DJs in the world as far as popularity goes. Uh, he's, I mean, like he had a he had a res residency at the Wynn in Vegas on house music, so that's pretty big just to be on house nice. music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can check out all these people, and of course, like in, in your local city, you can find these things. It might be kind of hard to find just because a lot of these these DJs or these producers. It is an underground sound, so you want to, it's not like, hey, come over here, check this out. You have to be rooted in the community uh, sometimes to uh, find these things. A lot of people are like, well, how do they make money if they're not going commercial? Like, now it's time to hobby for these people, and also the community supports the community. If you're really good at something, uh, it's not hard to find support for it because, like, the world wants your product, it's a product. Um, who else you can find? Uh, who else is a. I mean, it's, it's so many, it's so many, I can go on. Um, but yeah, even if you type in like Afro House, um, you can find some legit mixes when you type in Afro House. Afro House is, has a distinctive sound, so that won't get lost in translation versus typing in house music, because it'll go straight to like Afro House. You can't be like, you, you can't, I guess you can't, um, it, it can't pull other, distractions or other styles of music when you type in a certain thing, boom, boom. So yeah, those are some uh, options to try. Test those out, and of course, uh, if you like it, keep digging, you can find more. But as far as like house music goes, that's a great start. Cool. Sure. So you have been a teacher in a public high school for two years? Two years, yes. As our teacher today, will you give us uh, an assignment that we can do on our own to mm -hmm. begin our journey into house music with just your advice. Yes. Um, so the thing with house music, the first thing I teach when it comes to house and house music is there's no real stops in house music. Uh, to the untrained ear. To the untrained ear, like the patterns keep going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, but if you 
know how to count music, the eight is always there, no matter what you're listening to, the eight is there. Just because it repeats itself doesn't mean you don't have to acknowledge the eight. So if you can count the music, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, stop on eight, and apply that to your movement. So without just having the house foundation, because of course, like, um, it might not be accessible to you at the moment right now. Uh, if you just move to the music and stop at eight, you will definitely be on the beat to pick up at one. And when you do explore house dance or go to your first house class or whatever, um, you'll be a little bit more advanced than the person that just literally just walked off the street and like, I want to do house. So counting the music and understanding the music at one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, knowing when the eight stops and knowing when the one stops. You can also stop at four. You can go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You can also do one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And you can just chop up the music and have a bunch of ones. One, 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 one. So it's so many different things you can do, uh, but it comes with uh, counting the music, counting the music. And if you don't know how to count music yet, that's a whole other lesson outside of uh, learning how to dance house. But yeah, if you, well, if you want it, go get it. Like it's, it's not hard to find. Just go find it. But you can also start off by researching those DJs. And, um, and there's a lot of, you can type in house dance tutorials on YouTube. There's a guy named Jardy that teaches uh, house dance tutorials. He's been doing it for years and he has libraries. There's a guy named Kundo. He has a, a library, he has a vast library of a lot of styles that, that's great tutorials uh, that you can follow. You can follow. Um, you can follow um, for like more so the hip hop styles. You can follow um, Elite Force. You can follow what's his name, uh, Buddha Stretch. He has um, tutorials, so you can find these tutorials. Hopefully, you find the right ones. But of course, it's it's the internet. You can find a lot of different things um, that you're not looking for, but you don't know you're not looking for that until you come across a person that has the information. Like, whoa, you're doing something wrong. So yeah, the information is there. If you want it, go get it. Be willing to fall on your face, be willing to look like a fool, be willing to embarrass yourself, but that comes with learning, that's experience. So that's where you can start off. My guest today is Chris Thomas. Chris, thank you for being part of Dance Talks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston. Talk to you on Monday.